Okay, so Philippians 4 would have to be one of my favourite chapters of the Bible, so I'm very blessed to be able to preach out of this today to you. Um, And, yeah, there's so many promises in there, so much in there, um, but I want to bring, hopefully bring something fresh to you. So, Lord, I just pray that my words be your words today, Lord. Father, I bring that fresh touch for people um, that you want for them. Amen. If we look at Philippians 4 verses 1 to 3, it starts with, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with you, Yodia, 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 I don't know, I didn't practice that one, did I? <laughs> and I plead with, with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So if we're moving on from the close of chapter 3, in verse 1, Paul summarises by affirming that we are brothers and sisters. We have close relationships and that the mature Christ follower, because of unconditional love, longs for fellowship with others in the local church. That's what we're about. The fruit of that is joy and reward. The power to stand firm in challenging times, like Paul when he was in prison, he had people that were alongside him. They might not have been there physically, but he knew they were with him through that. You know that in times where that are tough, there are people with you. When you're part of a family, part of a church family, a local church family, you know that there are people around you and standing with you through whatever you're going through. So then Paul turns his attention to a specific problem in the Philippian church. He does two things that we need to note. Firstly, he appeals to the sense of connection to Christ to pull them together. Now, unfortunately, through the 28 years of the life of this church, I have seen this happen many times. There are people, there's something going on. So in the verse 2, it says, I plead with Yodia and plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. There is something going on there. Gossip. Um, something that they're clashing heads with. It doesn't bring unity. So I, do, so I thought this is a great example. You know, Paul pleads with them, please be of the same mind. Please be of the same mind. So I encourage you today, if you think you're not of the same mind as someone, doesn't mean we have to agree because we don't. We, God created us differently, each one of us differently, and we can have different viewpoints. But I've found that many times as I've talked something through, we've actually agreed in the baseline of something, but we've come at it from different ways. So it looks like we're actually on two different wavelengths. But as we've talked about it, we've gone, oh, well, I actually do think that. So I encourage you. It's something that we do even a big thing about in any of our pre-marriage things with people is talk. Say talk. Communication is so vital. So vital. Don't sit back and think about all the things that it could be or they might be thinking or this might be happening because that might not even be what's going on and probably isn't actually. So so I am going to say now here, I plead with you if there is anything that you are, not, are clashing with with someone here, sort it out. Be of the same mind. And Paul goes on 
to ask his true companion. So it wasn't just him. He was asking, he doesn't actually name the true companion, but he asked him to help these women. So we are there to help each other to be able to get over things. Sometimes you might hear someone being a little bit narky about something. You go, well, let's help you. Let's pray with you so you can actually have the same mind and, and be able to work together. So he asks, so he appeals to their sense of connection to Christ to pull them together. That's what it is. Christ is one that brings us together. And he asks the uh, trusted person, his true companion, to help the women resolve a dispute. Um, Most scholars agree that this was not a theological or a doctrinal dispute. Otherwise, Paul would have dealt with it directly. It was a relational schism that has the potential to wreck the church. So another person has the ability to see what is at stake when we can't often. When we're caught up in it, you can't see what's at stake in the whole thing. Sometimes it needs outside intervention. Make sure that if you're thinking things, talk it about with someone. Talk it out because they will actually probably say, they might might agree with you or they might go, no, that's just not it at all. And if they do, then it's something else to talk about with others as well. So for Paul, unity is a top priority in the church. And I'd have to say for Bruce and my, me, Bruce and, yeah, that me, <laughs> it is a top priority and it should be for each one of us. Unity should be a top priority above all else. Let's look to God. He's the one that brings us together. The second thing that Paul turns his attention to is the priority of us being together to what my part is in it. So Philippians 4 Verses 4 to 7 goes on to say, and it tells us how to do that, is rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Very, very famous words. If you haven't learned that scripture, then I encourage you to do it. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's not an invitation and it's not telling you to be happy always, but it's actually saying to rejoice in God, whatever the situation is. It's a key to having abiding joy, always being found in the Lord. So whatever's going on, if we are in the Lord, he will show us how to rejoice in him. Finding God in life's ups and downs is the way to rejoice, whatever is going. Then he goes on and says, gentleness. Let your gentleness be evident to all. It's not offered as a character trait of some. It's not often. But Paul affirms that we all have it and we can make it evident. If you feel like you don't have gentleness often, pray. Ask God to give you the gentleness in situations. Like many of the variables in life, this means more work for some than others, but making it evident, we must. That's what Paul says. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I um, have started a new job this year and actually working in the same place as my sister. And um, it's quite funny because... I'm the louder one of the family. I'm the youngest, so I've got to be heard, so I'm the louder one. And you would never have guessed that, would you? (laughs) But I have over the years learnt to be a lot more gentle and and not as out there in all situations. Um, And my sister is is the gentle one of the family. But I found... 
we ne- I, we actually, she takes after my dad's family and I take after mum's family. So there's not a lot that I would say that is common between us. But the one thing that the, um, everyone else that works there <laughs> has found, one thing is that our laugh is exactly the same, which is really quite funny because um, I wouldn't have thought we, worked, we laughed much at work, but we obviously do. And the other thing is that my gentle voice is very similar to hers. <laughs> and because it's in a, we're in a medical um, surgery and so on, I do have to be gentle <laughs> and have a gentle voice. So my voice is actually very similar to hers too. Um, so it's quite funny how things can change just, you know, around circumstances. That's a very silly thing, but just what came to mind about the gentleness, that we do have it in us and we do need to make sure it's evident to all in, in situations that are very much needed. Goes on then to about being anxious and not being anxious, I should say, um, about anything, anything. Anything. Do not be anxious about anything. How many times have I said that to other people and to myself? It's interesting that anxiety is the next issue to be brought up in this. Um, As a persecuted and in some places despised group of people, especially in that time, the Christians had every reason to be anxious about the future. Their leader was in prison because of his faith. But in the context of what he's presenting at this stage, it's clearly an issue that determines success or failure in church life. Don't be anxious. It's actually linked to rejoicing in the Lord. So actually, if you are anxious, there's your first key. Rejoice in the Lord. Go to him and let him change where we are, what you're thinking and what's going on for you. So be found in him and taking our requests to God will result in his peace, guarding and guiding our inner world. Just to be clear, he pushes hard into the depths of our thought life as a clue to making it work. All of those things. Okay, if there's not unity, it's we often have to go back to what our thought life is. You know, if we're anxious about something, what's our thought life? So verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, that's the answer if there's not unity. Are you thinking about those sorts of things? Things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely and admirable praiseworthy or excellent. Is that what our thought life is in that? That's the answer for being anxious. Are our thoughts like that? Are they, being, are they true, noble, right? Pure, lovely, honourable, excellent or praiseworthy. If we're having anxious thoughts, then that's not where we are. That's not what's going on. You know, you can learn a lot about a person's physical health by simply looking at their physical diet. Are they eating a variety of whole foods? Are they eating a lot of fast food? Is their diet full of foods that help them grow strong and have energy? Or is is the food they consume wearing them down? The same is true spiritually, mentally and emotionally. You can know a lot about your spiritual, mental and emotional health by looking at your mental diet. Ads of social media, binge watching TV, game playing, scrolling through different sites is the equivalent of mental junk food. It's not healthy for you. It's okay in small, you know, a little time here and there, but it's not healthy to be always like that. 
In fact, it's poison. It's wearing down your ability to live a life of purpose. Proverbs 15, 14 says, A wise man is hungry for truth while the mocker feeds on trash. Mm, can't get much more obvious than that one, can't you? <laughs> you have a choice and every day you must choose to feed your mind with the best thoughts. Is that what you're doing? Just an encouragement to you. Think about it. What are you doing? What are you feeding your mind? Let's feed it with the best thoughts. Philippians 4, 8 gets specific about the kinds of thoughts that are best for our mental, emotional and spiritual health. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, honourable, excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. There's a lot of things you can think about that are like that. So it's, you're, not, you're not narrowing it down. You're actually broadening it if you start to think about those things. And even as you start thinking about things, if you shared that with someone else, they'll be thinking about different things. So that broadens it again. That's why we live in community, live in unity in a family, because we can share that with each other and that's how we grow. So does that list of things describe what you think about most of the time? If you're honest... Your answer's probably no, not all the time. I'm, I would say it's not all the time. And minds don't naturally go to those things because we're human and we live in a sinful world. So you have to train your mind to think thoughts that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent and praiseworthy. How do you do that? By doing it. <laughs> You have to practice filling your mind with these things by reading the Bible, meditating on it and memorising it. You have to hunger for it. You have to hunger to think of those things. So how you think determines how you live. What you put in your mind is going to affect every area of your life. So you need a steady diet of truth from God's word. If you're not reading the version plan this this well, it's not month. It's <laughs> we've sort of gone over months. Hmm? This season, yeah, true. This, the, the play, I should actually tell you what it is. Gosh, that, yeah, it's living together. That's right. It is. We might even, oh, no, that's probably a bit monstrous for a slide. But if you're not, ask someone who is reading it. If you're reading it, oh, no, I won't do that. That'll embarrass people who aren't reading it. But it's all about community and unity. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's just it's bringing in lots of different scriptures from the Bible, encouraging us to live in community, and lots of different examples and things to think about in that too. So you can catch up. doesn't matter. You don't have to be on the same one. It's just lots of good reading. If you're not, I encourage you to do that, um, to get onto that. Um, so when we get to the near, closer to the end of Philippians 4, Paul closes out the letter with some encouragement around a practical dimension of how local church spreads the gospel, supporting ministries that go places that can't or won't. And we do that. When we have people come in to speak with us, we actually support them because they go into places. I know with Kathy and Richard Green here last week, there are people that have said to me they support them. We, by taking up an offering for them, support Richard especially going into all those places that we might not want to go into. Um, but that's how we encourage that too. You encourage us by giving into our build to um, our Rich Beyond. Sorry, I've got to get the right name there. Our Rich Beyond because we, as of 
Where are we? In 10 days' time, we head to Europe to be able to go into Bulgaria, Czech Republic and Germany again to be able to spread. And they're places you might not ever go to. You know, but they've asked us to come in and speak to them, encourage them and help them in their walk because we're part of the bigger family of God. And so, you, so I thank you for your encouragement for us. But that's something that we must not ever give up doing. We need to keep encouraging um, others and help. And standing alongside with them, I ask you to pray with us. You stand alongside with us when we go into those countries to be able to help them. So the Philippians started out well with this, but they appear to have um, dropped the ball somewhere along the line. They might have pulled back. Perhaps they were anxious or fighting or listening to the wrong voices, which we've talked about earlier in the chapter. He makes it clear the issue is not his need, but their willingness and ability to give, which is what Jason also talked about too. So verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or plenty or in, in plenty or in want. And then the very famous verse that we all, that we hopefully you do know is, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And we can. That's a, that's a promise that he gives to us that we can do this. When we go to him, he gives us the strength to be able to do that. So this is a two-way street with giving. With each participating getting to participate in getting more than just the transactional part of the deal, Paul is able to say in verse fourteen, um, which we'll come to, that yet it was good of you to share my troubles. So that was the getting, and then he can declare as we go down to verse nineteen. Nineteen says, "And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus." And that's what I know. It's part of that thing as as we give God does meet us he meets us in as Jason shared in our offering message earlier he meets us in lots of different ways and um, but he he is there for us but it's about our attitude and our heart to be able to give um to him and also work a lot give to other things that are going into places like I said that we might not be going into and then he ends the chapter with um Verses 21 and to 23, it says, Greet all of God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So a final thought of that is greet is seriously understated issue for a local church. It's not just being friendly, it's way more invested in other people than that. When I looked up what the word greet means, it says to acknowledge someone by means of spoken words. And then as I looked further, it talks about it being a basic function of communication and it triggers conversation. If you start and you say hello, then you actually can end up in a conversation. It helps us to connect to people on a more personal level. A hello can bring a smile to someone you don't even know. It can change how we feel about someone. Sometimes when you don't feel good about someone, you don't say anything. But if you actually greet them and say hello and so on, then it can totally change the way you feel about someone 
or about a place. Coming into a place can be hard sometimes and we actually go in and greet someone and it changes the whole thing. Or even about ourselves, the way we think about ourselves. If we are all um, introverted and, and just standing back from things, if we actually break out of that and say hello to someone, it changes our world. So think about that next time you greet someone and where God is wanting you to take, take you in that whole situation. So why don't you close your eyes. So the four areas that I talked about today. The first one was about unity. Lord, I just ask that you show us any area that we might be stopping unity within this church. Any areas that we might might be holding us up, holding up the whole the whole deal of unity within this church. And Father, you help us to be able to change that whether we need to go and speak to someone, whether we just need to do something in our heart, whether we need to think about things differently, whatever it is, Lord, that you show us what that is. Father, I pray for each one of us that we can pray for unity. Pray for unity in every area, in our connect groups, in our, um, in our discussions with different people at different times, in our different teams. Lord, that you would be very real to us in those situations and we would remember that you are the thing that that brought us together. And Lord, you're the key in that whole situation as we look to you and we can look to those situations through your eyes, we see a different picture. So Lord, help us to be able to do that right now. And then even more specifically, what is my part in that? Am I holding something up? Am I saying things that aren't right? Am I doing things that aren't bringing unity? Or do I know some of this? Do I need to help someone to be able to step out of that? Because it's, a, it's a, just a rut that we can get caught in sometimes. And I, I, I've seen it happen in many times. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you help us to be able to step out of that. Sometimes if we're caught in, up in that sort of thing in our workplace, we just take it into every area that we go into, into church, into our sporting teams, into our family. But Lord, I just pray that you break the cycle of that, if that's on anyone today, that they can actually see things. And Lord, that you would give them the words to be able to speak that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, honourable, excellent and praiseworthy. Let them think on those things so that's what comes out of their mouths. Father, for each one of us that we would be able to have those thoughts and be able to speak those things into every situation that we come into. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your Scripture is always showing us different ways to look at life for us, for our community, for our place in the world, in the communities that we work and live in. And Lord, that we do and can hear your voice and showing your ways of showing us how to change that or how to speak life into situations because we can see it through your eyes. Father, I pray for anyone today that's facing a a really hard situation, be it in a relationship, um, be it in in their workplace, 
in their family life, whatever the situation is, Lord, that they can actually step back from it and see the whole situation through your eyes. And know, Lord, that you will empower them to be able to go and be the peacemaker. Bring the gentleness that you give us into that situation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we don't walk this road alone. That you do that with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can support others that walk, go to places that we can't go, that we can encourage them, we can support them financially, we can support them by prayer and lift them up in times that can be really difficult. And so, Lord, I pray, Father, that you help us to be able to see those sorts of situations too and be able to pray into those things and support into those situations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. While your eyes are closed, I just encourage you, if there's any part of that message that's spoken to you and you need to do something with God, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. It's only God that's going to see that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, speak to us, Lord. Yeah, you don't have to keep your hand up. Just pop it up and down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. you don't know God and God's power in helping us in those situations, then today is an opportunity for you to be able to meet Him and ask Him into your life. If you haven't done that and you want to do that, why don't you raise your hand right now? We want to pray with you and be the family around you to help you do that. Just raise your hand. Now, if you've stepped back, if you've not been walking with him as closely as you could have been in this last little while, in fact, step right out of it, not hearing his voice. If that's you and you want to do that, why don't you raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for each person here. You know their heart. You know their walk with you. And Lord, I pray that you meet with them today that you wrap your arms around them, that you show them what they need and words perhaps they need to hear from you, that you'll guide them to a scripture that they can base some of it, what they're thinking about today on. It might be something that we've read today. It might be a different scripture. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we don't do life on our own. We do life with you and we do life in community. We do life in family and that you've brought people here to this family to do life together and be encouraging to each other. Father, I pray as we go from here that we can encourage each other, we can help each other, we can support each other here, but also as we go out into the community as well, into the different places that we live, work and socialise in. Lord, that you will show us how to be your hands and your feet, your mouthpiece to people who are broken, who don't know you. Father, we can bring life to them like you've given us. We thank you for abundant life that you've given us. Father, ways to be able to show us how we can live life better and that we can help others do that too. Thank you, Jesus. Father, pray for your hand to be upon each person here today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Just encourage you to think about that. And uh, we're going to finish with a great song now. (laughs) So let's stand.